There's three types of people here this morning, likely in any type of crowd. Some of you just aren't worried about anything. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> and you're just, c'est la vie, whatever will be, will be. It's, it's, it, I'm happy. <laughs> Not a care in the world. Now, some of you are just the opposite of that. You're hyper-responsible. You're keyed up. You're anxious. And right now, you're already worried about four or five different things. And you can't get them off your mind. You're sitting there, and it's really hard for you to even focus on a good report like Mickey gave because you're worried about something. Others maybe. Concerned in some areas, but yet down deep inside, there's a deep, settled peace because you've determined that you will trust God. And you're not going to give in to worry. I don't know where you find yourself in one of those three categories. But as we look at the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus deals with this subject this morning at the end of chapter 6. The Sermon on the Mount is, is core teaching to Jesus. It gives us insight into the way He thinks, into the way He acts, into the way He reacts. And as Paul told the church at Philippi, let this mindset, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So even though it's radical teaching, even though it impacts us in a very in, 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 huge way, a radical way, we as followers of Jesus Christ want to follow the pattern that He has given to us. Sermon on the Mount lays out a vision for us as followers of Jesus Christ to live out in the here and the now. Two weeks ago we talked about laying up, lay not up treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up treasures in heaven. We talked about your heart always goes where you put God's money. My heart always goes where I put God's money. And last week, I think it's just huge what right in the middle of this teaching, the faith promises, we give and pledge generously. God, I read in Second Corinthians this morning, God loves a cheerful giver. He'll bless that. So today we look at the last part of chapter 6. And if you follow along in your Bible... He's expanding on this thought process and, and, and kingdom life and the absence of worry. And so we look at chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Then I imagine him just looking over and seeing some birds on the mount and said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you're worrying, you cannot lengthen your life. You cannot lengthen your days by adding worry. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, don't worry. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles see. For your heavenly Father knows that you need... 
need all these things. But seek first. Underline that. Highlight that. Press that deeply on your mind this morning. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Remember, Jesus was teaching us to concentrate on the things that will last. Lay not treasures up. So we get back in that mindset. We don't want to lay treasures on earth. We want to lay treasures on heaven. There's hardly one sin that He warns His disciples against more than the sin of distracting and distrustful cares about the things of earth. He indicates that both the treasure and the heart are on the earth. You say, okay, pastor, but we do have to pay the bills. (laughs) We do have to eat, correct? The root word here when he talks about do not worry is, is do not worry anxiously. The Jews would have been familiar with this attitude of life. The teaching of the rabbis was that a man ought to live a life with the combination of, of both this just being very prudent and then having peace and serenity. For example, he would try to teach his son a trade. They believed that if you didn't see, teach your son a trade, then you were teaching the son to be a thief. At the same time, if you had a loaf of bread in the basket and said, what will I eat tomorrow? You were a person of little faith. (laughs) So Jesus is going to teach now on prudence and on serenity, on trust, on forethought. I want you to capture this today. If He gave us life, If He gave us life, then surely we can trust Him for the things that support and nourish that life. If we can trust Him with the big thing, we can trust Him with the cross, if we can trust Him with salvation, we ought to be able, yes, we should be able to trust Him with the things that care and nourish and sustain our life. He talks about a prohibition here. He says, do not worry. It's not a suggestion. It's an imperative, you grammar students. Do not worry. Don't be concerned about your life. Now let me, I think we can break this down. There is some good concerns in our lives. There are some things that I will call virtuous concerns. Paul, for example, had concern for his people. That's why he wrote the letters. He was genuinely concerned that if there was false teaching. He said, I'm concerned about this. So he'd write a letter. And in fact, it says in Philippians 4, I greatly rejoiced in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. So it went both ways. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. We understand there is, for a parent has genuine concern, good concern that their child will make the right choices and follow God. There is, there is, you and I should have good, virtuous concern for the lost. 
It should disturb us. We should, we should worry to the good point about my neighbors going to hell and not knowing Jesus. We should be concerned. We, we should have good concern. Are you with me? There, we're going to draw a distinction now between virtuous or good concern and bad concern or worry or sinful concern. You remember the story when Jesus went to the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus? Mary said, Jesus is here. Jesus is in the house. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus and He's teaching and she's, she's receiving all that the Master can give her. But Martha's in the kitchen. She's throwing pots and pans. She's mad because Mary's not in there helping her. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're concerned. You're, you're worried about many things. The wrong things. Because Mary has chosen the better part. Elisha had some assistants in his life. One of them was Gehazi. And you might remember the story when Naaman the leper came and, and he was healed. And just kind of weird instructions. Go to the Jordan River and dip. And, seven, and he went and did it. And Naaman, man of, of, of great capacity and leadership, comes back. And he's wanting to pay the Eli. He's like, let me, let me just honor you. Let me bless you. Let me pay you for this healing. And, and Elisha says, no, go your way. Well, Gehazi must have been concerned about how he was going to get paid next week. Because he comes back and he says, oh, Naaman, by the way, I'll take that. I'll take those talents. And his, his greed actually turns into lying. Remember I told you a couple weeks ago, we don't have a whole lot of good stories when people cannot let go of the treasures on this earth and it's it's not about the love of it's not about money it's about the love of money so here Gehazi is is his greed goes on into lying he's sinfully concerned about the things of this earth Elisha had another servant in this this is in second kings 5 and 6 he has another service servant that day and 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 there are chariots and horses coming around and surrounding them, and, and the guy goes into a panic. What are we going to do? <laughs> We're being surrounded. And Elisha says, oh, buddy, <laughs> Lord, open his eyes to see there's more with us than be with them. See, it was a lack of trust on the servant's heart, on the apprentice's heart. He could not see what God was up to. And when you and I fail to see and to take God at His Word and trust Him with our lives, worry is sin when there is no trust and no confidence in God. I'm here to encourage you today. You don't have to worry, but I have to be faithful to the Word of God. Worry is sin when you fail to trust God. It's not a suggestion, it's an imperative. Look, some of you own cars. A car is a pretty good, pretty large purchase. I, you could buy a car for $1,000, maybe less. You can buy a car. I got a friend that he buys all these race cars, and it's probably $70,000 on the low end for the cars that he buys. Big investment. 
you and I know how to care for a car. It would be like I'm going to buy a car, but I'm but I'm not going to change the oil in it. Don't you think I have enough wisdom as the owner of the car? Not only to make the purchase, but don't you think I have enough wisdom and care and concern for my car that I would do the little things and spend $50 or so to go get the oil changed? And I'm here to remind you this morning, the Lord has given His life. He created you. He went to the cross to save you. And sometimes I think, okay, Lord, we're going to trust you with that, but we can't trust Him with the oil change. We can't trust Him with the little things in life. you with me this morning? When we worry, it's like saying, God, I can trust You for my salvation. And I don't trust You to keep this thing going. That's the prohibition. Now let's look at the consideration. He says, look at the birds of the air. <laughs> Jesus is always using examples. I, he probably knew the birds by name. I've been to that mountain. And only imagine him just seated there with his disciples. And he, he probably called them. Called the birds by name. Look at these birds. The message says it this way. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes. Uh-oh, kids, did you hear that? Woo! Better write that one down. Don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. Oh my goodness, I've done gone to meddling now. There's more to your life than food that you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes that you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to Him than the birds. Jesus uses animals to illustrate His point. He says in Proverbs, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Learn something from the ant, how to prepare for the future. He said, here, look here at the birds. I want to tell you, He's not telling the birds just to go sit on the side of a branch and... I mean, for a little bird, that's okay. Mama's going to take care of it. But a bird, a sparrow, may be the hardest working animal there is. Carmen called me through the window one day, and there was a, a, a mother bird that was working on a nest there in the ferns, and, and she, would, she would fly off and bring back a little twig, and she'd set it down, and she'd go fly off. She worked feverishly all day. I'm not saying you don't have to get off your haunches and work. But you can trust God with it. You can trust Him with the results. Look at the birds. I don't know that I've ever seen a real hungry bird. Maybe one that's had a wing. But Father always takes care of the birds. He cares about crystal more than he does the birds. So for a moment, he says, okay, rain stops, sunshine in. And he, and he blesses his daughter with sunshine for a few minutes. Aren't you much more valued than the birds? Every once in a, we have a dog. 
We love honey. You know, some of you have seen honey. You, you like honey. Every once in a while, did you feed the dog? We can't remember. We're human. We can't remember whether we fed the dog or not. He doesn't have that kind of a problem. He always takes care. He, it's, it's, he's God. We forget who we're serving. <laughs> How great is our God? Caring for the birds. Caring. He says, check out the lilies of the field. A few weeks ago, we went to the pumpkin patch up north by uh, north of Opelousas. And this is not a lily, but I wanted as the latest picture of a flower that I liked. And see the butterfly on there. Look at the flowers of the field. They, they're cl- this is how he clothes the grass <laughs> with something beautiful like that. Intricate design. There's a butterfly on there. Those flowers might be here for a day and then they're gone the next day. They're thrown into an oven or they're trampled under the feet of man. Aren't you more valuable than a flower? Sure you are. But he knows how to take care of the flowers and bless them with rain and nourish them and give them sunshine. If he knows how to take care of the birds, if he knows how to take care of flowers, don't you think he knows how to care for me and you, his highest creation? He knows how to take care of us, friends. So how? How are we going to defeat worry? Number one, don't live like the heathen. I've got to hurry. After all these things, the Gentiles, he says, just don't be like the heathen. Don't worry. <laughs> Number two, concentrate, concentrate on doing God's will. And once you discover what God's will is, accept God's will. A great deal of love can drive out every other concern. Husbands, we can care for our wives when we throw ourselves into loving and caring for our wives. That drives out a lot of other things, doesn't it? Same way with God. Concentrate on doing God's will. I was so encouraged. I got to spend a little time with my brother-in-law, Glenn. And, and y'all, it is just... I can't wait till he gets an opportunity to come stand right here and share his testimony. It is so radically different. It's like meeting a brand new person. He's consumed. He can't have a conversation with you without spurting out the Word of God. He spent these last 18, the last year in pre- 16, 17 hours a day, he told me, studying the Word of God. That's a full-time job plus, isn't it? It'll lose out of me and you if we'll spend 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour in the Word of God every day. He was so... He can't concentrate on anything else because he's so consumed with God and God's love. And it's impacting other people already. I was convicted. There was glory all over that man. I said, I will, Lord, help me. I think sometimes it gets too common. It gets too, we, he's still in the life changing business. And when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, it changes you. It transforms you. Sin is gone. And he uses you as a vessel to bless others. Concentrate on doing God's will. When God is the dominating power of our lives, it banishes worry. Number three, live one day at a time. The Jews had a saying, don't worry over tomorrow's evil. You don't even know if you're going to be around tomorrow. What it will bring forth. 
we don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. We got enough troubles today, don't we? Live one day at a time. Finally, he goes into this powerful verse that you, you and I both ought to repeat and put to memory. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So I was thinking about this week. I said, Lord, help me first start, just start seeking the king. I think seeking the kingdom, you and I got to fall in love with the king. The king takes good care of us. It is his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God here on earth. You having trouble with that? Just start with the prayer, Lord, let me fall in love with the king all over again. The unbelievers run after all these things. Food, water, clothing is top priority. But you, you seek first the kingdom of God. What's the Lord saying to His children in this verse? He's saying that we should be... Are we supposed to just go off and and isolate ourselves? Just let Him care for us like those little birds in the... No... He calls us to be salt and light. We're still in the Sermon on the Mount. Look at the total picture here, the total script. But we're supposed to seek first the kingdom of God. We're not supposed to keep Him to ourselves. We're believers in the kingdom of God. Jesus is King. We're His children. We're His servants. We're His friends. We're His witnesses. We are His ambassadors. We are His disciples. We're to seek the welfare of the kingdom of God above all other priorities. Seek first the kingdom of God. And I know I am preaching cross-cultural right now. Because that's not what our world says. huh? Do what makes you happy. Do what pleases you. And I told you a few weeks ago, I'm all for the American dream. But when when we pour out and that becomes the idol in our lives, then we've lost it. We're not seeking first the kingdom of God. I believe God will honor, get a grip as as Mickey and Sandra continue to put Him first. I've seen God bless some of my friends in their business ventures incredibly, but they keep Him first. You seek first the kingdom of God. Simply put, it's... Seeking the will of God and obeying it without question. When we seek the Lord's will in everything and obey the strength of the Lord, the results are in His hand. That's why He can say to us, don't worry. So instead of don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, seek first. I can't promise there's always going to be a bed of roses. But down deep inside there can be the peace of God. Where the Lord says, do this, we're going to do it in the strength of the Lord and His kingdom. When He says, don't do this, we're not going to do it out of love-driven obedience for Him and His kingdom. Remember the song, why worry when you can pray? Trust Jesus, He'll be your You know, there's a Christian group wrote a song. It's called, Why Pray When You Can Worry? Ask the question, why hand it all to Jesus? Why lay it at His throne? Why would you give Him all the fear and dread that you have known? Endless days and sleepless nights are everything your life was meant to be. So why pray when you can worry? That'll get you running the aisles, huh? No, that's not... 
No, let me give you two verses and we're done. Philippians 4, 6, be, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't worry, don't be anxious about it. And then under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, Sanjay read this verse. I love it. It's a life verse. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. But I'm going to add 7 and 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Seek first the kingdom of God and what He will direct your paths. Go on to, go on with the next part says there, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Woo! You start obeying God, it brings nourishment to your body and makes your bones better. Don't worry. Seek first. Back to those three categories. Where are you this morning? Are you, are you, are you happy? Are you anxious? Are you down deep inside? Are you trusting God? What areas of your life are you tempted to worry? I heard this quote this week. Oswald Chambers says, the great devotional writer, trust God and do the next thing. If you don't leave here with anything else this morning, here through, through Mickey's testimony, here through the Spirit of the Lord saying to us this morning, trust God and do the next thing. We don't always have to see the whole staircase, but we can see the next step. Trust God with the next step. Trust God and do the next thing. Whatever this week holds, God is with us. If you're questioning what to do next or how you're going to do it, Trust God and do the next thing. In a moment, we're going to gather for prayer and, 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 and share communion. But, but just before, I want you to, and the authority of the Word of God, and what I've endeavored to share with you this morning, perhaps you just need to say, Pastor, I've been, I've been, I've been anxious, I've been worrying. And I think I'm just, I'm just as you're seated, if, if you just want to testify and say, I, I want to go on record, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front just yet. We're all going to come to be served. If you just want to stand, if you want to say, I've been struggling with worry and I want to go on record, I'm going to trust God. God bless you. Anybody else? In any area of your life, it, it, the cares of this life, if you say, I've, 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 I have allowed Satan to just to let me be anxious about this, anxious about that. God bless the, your honesty this morning. Lord Jesus, you see our hearts this morning, God. Lord, we repent of not trusting you. Lord, we repent this morning of, of worrying about the things that we should not worry about, God. Lord, as we testify to that this morning, we are saying today that we will seek first the kingdom of God. This is a prayer of commitment this morning. We're not going to worry, and we are going to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, God. We're going to trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. We're going to trust you, God. And we're going to do the next thing.
God, you've spoken this truth to my heart time and time again as I've been tempted to be anxious and worried and I've had to repent myself this week, God. But I declare this morning that I too trust you. My trust and my confidence is in you. So Lord, take our anxiousness, take our worries. Lord, we seal this message to our hearts this morning that we're going to seek first the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. If you'd like to all stand, Brother Marvin, Brad, Sanjay, Tori, come and assist me this morning. This is his feast. It's for his disciples. You don't have to participate, but I'd like for you to make two lines. And if someone on the ushers will tell Lee in the back, we'll have our kids be served as well. But come to his table this morning. Feast on him. and be served this morning. Just make two lines.
feel such good unity at the table with you this morning. I love my family. We gather in your name, Jesus, at one table with the Lord. And as we do this, in obedience to your word, we're reminded that you are coming again. Lord, help every one of us to trust you and be ready for the marriage supper of the Lord. So let's take the bread, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, that was broken for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. Let's eat together. Take the cup, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for you. Preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you. as he taught us to pray our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not to temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever Amen Amen God bless you Shake hands with your neighbor, your family, and go in the peace of God.